Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your hosts, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm sitting down with Keith. Welcome to the show. Hi Keith. How's it going? Are you um, feeling any better uh, 24 hours later? Um, After our, our angry show? Yes. Someone said it felt like an angry funeral is the... the um, yeah right the the comment that <laughs> that i saw which i thought that was actually like hilarious so i'm like oh, you know it's, it's funny i i can i can talk over you and lash out and um <laughs> it usually doesn't init- initiate a um tangible response from you but boy you <laughs> let me have it yesterday at, at one point and um i was at like one oh. point it was like like this is serious in. yeah this is serious <laughs> i'm I'm now paying attention on high alert so uh, no um yeah i mean yesterday's show is kind of cathartic uh in case you couldn't you couldn't tell like it it was it was rough in the beginning but at the end you kind of just reached that point of acceptance we went through the we went through all of the layers of you know mm-hmm. death the, yep. and acceptance and anger and frustration <laughs> and yeah i know right and then mm-hmm. you know after of course after i i uh, we get off the show and you know um woke up this morning it's announced bobby wagner's been released this mm-hmm. afternoon um from the seattle seahawks after a glorious career 
Hall of Fame career, first ballot Hall of Fame, Bobby oh, Wagner. Yeah. One of the best to ever play. <laughs> and we talked about this being one of the scenarios that could result um, independent of Russell Wilson uh, because of his contract and just because of where he's at in his career. And sure enough, um, the Seahawks released him without any compensation whatsoever. They just could not take that $20 million cap hit given where he's at. And um, I think I heard somewhere where they went to Bobby and said, Hey, do you want to restructure? Do you want to? And he was not willing to. So they, they went ahead and released him. Um, so what do you think? I mean, they were, if he wasn't going to restructure and basically they were asking him, you know, to take, take a pay cut. cut. And he was like, mm, nah, um, I'd rather hit the open market and see what I can get. Um, then just take what you think I'm worth and I don't blame him. And so uh, he wanted to have that opportunity and they gave it to him. The other thing is that no team was going to give them anything. He's got that $20 million cap hit. Um, nobody was going to give the Seahawks a, a draft pick for a, a linebacker with that kind of cap number. Uh, especially, So they were going to, any team that was going to trade for him was going to trade for him with the idea that they would then negotiate some sort of extension and, and, you know, get that cap number down under control. And if they're going to do that, well, if they wait for him to get cut, they can then do that without having a starting point of, of that $20 million that you have to fix. Um, now you're starting with, he's got nothing. They can send yes. you whatever deal that, that they can agree on. Um, and it's just a lot more flexibility from their point of view. And why give up a draft pick to be in a worse situation? Anyone that was really wanting him can now go after him right now without losing a pick and without the extra baggage. Thank you, Bobby Wagner, for giving everything yeah. you had for years and years. And quite frankly, I think he's probably still got three or four years left in the tank. Um, even And he's just a tackling machine and his body takes yep. so much and stuff. But nonetheless, giving his um his knowledge of the game his instincts even though he's lost a step he's got tremendous value to um, team so i i see him continuing to add to his resume um at least for the next couple of years and if not a little bit longer than that um so with that said this show by the way is going to be kind of our combine review show specific to the seattle seahawks and um, I, in addition to talking about just players, it kind of resets this. Everything that's happened in this last couple of days has kind of reset everything because now we've got all of Bobby Wagner's cap money back now onto the thing. I think we're up to $50 million according to over the cap. Yesterday, you and I were talking about the impact of the Russell Wilson deal. Apparently, we were off a little bit, at least so far on what that actually means as far as cap relief to the team apparently it only made about a million dollars difference um on the positive to the seahawks and um, mm. you add that to the bobby wagner thing at at close to 17 million and we're about we're right at about 50 million dollars of available cap space which is significant it puts us right in the top two or three teams there um as far as draft capital is concerned, we're going to talk about the combine today. We've reset the the draft capital that the Seahawks are going into now. Now, regardless of what you think about the Russell Wilson deal, and we can kind of get into that as we talked about quarterbacks today a little bit, but 
um, it is what it is. And now we've got the compensation. We know what that is. We're going into the 2022 draft with um, a first round pick now, ninth overall. We've got two picks in the second round, 40 and 41. We've got a pick in the third round at 72, fourth round at 115 overall, two fifth round picks, 152 and 153 back to back, and then a seventh round pick, uh, 227. So we come in with some ammunition now that we didn't have prior in all of our conversations leading up um, as far as prospects, what the Seahawks might do, all of our mock drafts, uh, the kind of players we were focusing on. Now we get a chance to, to double up in that second round right in that sweet spot at, at 40, but now we get the additional ninth pick overall, which is pretty valuable. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts initially, before we start talking about players, what this does to the Seahawks' ability to move around in this draft, to accumulate uh, a lot of depth and, and young talent? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you have all their entire draft strategy and everything that they could do changed drastically with this because they went from having their first pick down in the forties to now having the ninth overall pick and having two second round picks. Um, so yeah, cause now they've got nine 40 and their old pick, which I don't remember the number, but, um, even if, if they want, they could take that ninth pick, drop down to 12th, and add a third round pick. Yeah. And have and just continue to load up on those second and third round picks and still get a good player at, you know, 15 or 12 or whatever they end up so, picking. So yeah. So let me let me show you this because this, I ran this mock draft about 15 minutes before you you knocked on my door and here we are. Um, I'm gonna share my screen really quick and show you um a mock draft that i just did with a small little trade and um what i did is i traded with the cleveland browns um our ninth pick overall i i moved back to the 13th pick picked up round 378 overall round 4 105 overall round 6 191 that's a little rich um, it's probably, you know, one of those picks, the 378 is realistic there for that move back. Uh, but nonetheless, I just thought I'd show you what I could do. So I dropped back to 13. I was still able to get Malik Willis, which I think possibly is a target. The other one I, I really am looking at, um, and I'm hearing about is Desmond Ritter. I want to talk about that a little later. And I went and got Brees Hall at 40. I was able to get Pen- uh, Perry and Winfrey at 41. Tariq Woolen at 72, which some people will say is a little early for him. I'm saying now that I've got the extra picks, I'm able to develop, you know, an upside look at a guy at a spot where I know that I can get him. Abraham mm-hmm. Lucas was sitting there at 78. Channing Tindall, which had a tremendous um, combine, was available. Jeremy Ruckert, an all-around tight end. Um, Brian Asamoa uh, had a great combine. Zamir White had an outstanding combine as a running back. Cameron Jurgens is an inside center prospect. And Kalen Barnes had the fastest, second fastest overall 40 ever recorded at the combine. And I'm just I just took him for some upside there. So, mm-hmm. you know, those that's the kind of draft capital we now have. And I just showed this as an example. That's um, a, I mean, it, that's that draft. You're looking at a uh hopefully a future 
um, franchise quarterback, although he is nowhere near ready to get on the field on an NFL field. Yeah, uh, Bryce Hall's gr- a great running back. Probably not the guy I would take at forty, but mm-hmm. um, he had yeah. such a great combine. I just I, I really I thought about it, and so I I just went with the upside there. And then you're looking at Perry and Winfrey's. You know, a guy that not much of a run stopper, but unblockable, pushing up the middle. Woolen's got the highest upside of any cornerback that's come through low, low floor coming from, you know, with his technique problems, but such a, such an athlete, same with Lucas, um, Mm. this draft that you put together there is the team got younger, faster, stronger, um, right. More athletic, just up and down, uh, both sides of the ball like that that would be a fantastic draft if it yeah and that's just an example and I've, obviously i think i probably had uh, i lucked out a couple of times and and had a couple extra picks in there but nonetheless we we probably will end up with an extra pick because of that ninth pick i think they do use that as leverage and drop back a little bit if not they can use one of those that 40 or 41 pick to drop back a little bit and pick up an extra pick so um there is some some extra uh, opportunity there for John Schneider to kind of use to move around a little bit and pick up some extra value. And it's, I think there's real opportunity here. Like in my mock, I had what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players in the top 107 players overall. That would be outstanding. I don't see that. I see maybe five in that range, mm-hmm. but that's still way more than we've done in the last two or three drafts um it's been pretty lean for the seahawks for for many years just because we've been picking in the in the late rounds in the last couple years with jamal adams trade um so this is kind of an exciting time to to remake the roster well and i i don't think they're done acquiring uh picks before this draft um at this point there's no reason for uh, Carlos Dunlap. Yeah, play. after Bobby oh, Wagner's let go, you just you can see the writing on the wall. And right. and when you take a look at the over the cap, um, when you go to 2022's uh, cap space, we literally are writing now on 40 million dollars of dead cap space in 2022, which really yeah. kind of hamstrings the the team a little bit. Even though we have 50 million dollars overall after Bobby's release to to play around in free agency, which is great. Um, that dead cap space is really eaten a lot and it all goes away in 2023. So mm-hmm. it seems to me like, and you talked about this strategy last night about getting younger, accumulating assets and playing for 2023 and beyond in 2023, the team cap space goes up to $142 million. Yeah. Um, and so and you really up- have 20 players under contract. Yeah. So they're, they're in a, they're in a position now where, um, Honestly, guys like um, Carlos Dunlap have no value to this team uh, because they're an older player in the last year of their contract. This but he he does have four million two hundred thousand in dead cap with no savings if we cut him or release him. Who so there, is there any any incentive to release him at that point? Yes. Other than just to no, make a you don't, space you, on the roster. I mean, you can do that, but why release him? He's his cap number for his talent is uh 4.2 million dollars yeah yeah it's it's not bad and so to a team's gonna want him Mm -hmm. go get a draft pick for him that you can yeah no 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 you're you're right that's you're right yes so and you know i mean you look at him um he and he's not the only one there's there there are other guys out there that i would be like you know 
go make a move. If you can get anything for Jamal Adams right now, you take it. Sports fans, look at the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NFL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and over minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Get out from underneath that contract. It's a brutal, brutally bad contact contract. His cap um, number this year is nine point one million. If he's got, <laughs> here's the problem with Jamal Adams, Keith. He, he's probably more valuable to us this year, quite honestly. And next year, maybe dump him and, and do the whole trade thing because this year, he's got thirty million four hundred thousand dollars in dead cap, mm-hmm. and and a negative twenty one million. Point or 21.3 million in cap savings. So we're literally, we'd be upside down on that contract so poorly. I think he'd be more valuable to hold on to at least this year. Um, Explain the value of having a player that is going to hurt your draft position next year by being good. He might be a plus one game on the roster with this roster now. Yeah. I mean, if we, yeah, I know. If you trade him, you now, still you still need some pieces. But if you trade yeah. him now, is he a tradable with that contract? He probably would be, since Seattle would be eating quite a bit of that. Seattle ends up eating quite a bit of it. They eat it this year, so they get it back next year. And it it you're going to be bad this year. I don't care what Pete Carroll and Sean Snyder say. This team is going to lose a lot of games. They're going to be bad. And if you're going to be bad, get out from underneath your bad contracts. Take the negative hit and just let it go and recognize you're going to suck anyway. So if you have to play a bunch of undrafted free agents in order to fill your roster uh, because you took cap hits on on trades like that, do it. Who cares? You're going to be awful even if you keep him. So let it go. So that way a year from now, you've got that cap space back and the draft asset so that you yes, uh, acquire. Uh, accumulate. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I mean, it would even make sense at this point to take future draft picks for, for players like Jamal Adams, you know, instead of taking a 2022 away from somebody, maybe you take a fifth round 2022 and then you take a, a second round 2023. He's off your books and mm-hmm. you you've accumulated that asset for next year i just a little quirk in the whole um seattle cap space thing now puna ford has become the highest paid seahawks uh seahawk player in 2022 now just eclipsing by uh $25,000 tyler lockett <laughs> and tyler lockett's openly being shopped i hear 
Um, yeah, I've heard mixed. I've heard, heard mixed signals on that. But yeah, I mean, that wouldn't be surprising either, given your idea of strategy on clearing the books. Um, but they still want a roster to compete with in 2023, if that's the plan too. So you don't want to jettison everything you've got. Yeah, but you look at where Lockett is. Um, I, I just don't see... Are you really competing in 2023 or are you competing in 2024? Yeah, well, you're going to start. You're starting the clock over. You're, you're in starting the clock over in 2023, but you don't expect to truly be competitive for a Super Bowl until your quarterback second year. Um, and so... At a, yeah, at a, at a minimum, yeah. And so you're looking at how old's Lockett going to be? Is he going to... like? where what's his contract look like are you going to be able to keep him around beyond that like you would think too somebody might might flip a first round pick for tyler lockett right now especially if seattle's eating a ton of his contract and he's got he's got serious upside still i mean he's coming off four straight years of of a thousand yards Mm -hmm. receiving you know he's a good player he's a top 10 wide receiver in the nfl by almost any measure yeah except that, for reputation <laughs> yeah and and that would and should in fact maybe a, a, a team like denver would mm-hmm. come after a, a, a guy like tyler lockett especially if russ is like hey you know what go get me my guy because he and i play well together and you won't be sad about yeah. it i mean problem denver, is that denver does have a lot of weapons but I mean, Denver, maybe we get a younger player in return on something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Denver also doesn't have any draft picks now for which to trade for <laughs> because they gave them all to Seattle already. Um, so let's talk about some some players out of the combine. I loved the combine actually. It was uh, it was kind of a fun um, watch this year. Uh, lots of players stood out. I've got just random players to talk about. Heath, I don't know how you kind of put your list together but i was just going to talk about some guys that are kind of on my seahawks radar i would i thought i'd start with abraham lucas i -hmm. thought that i was really impressed with the athleticism that he showed ran a 492 straight line 40 which is fine his 10 split was great at 66 315 pounds run a 44 short shuttle and a 7253 cone he met with the seahawks in indianapolis we know that Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an important factor. But when I watched him in the drills, Keith, that was the most impressive thing for me. The guy was smooth. His feet were quick. He looked really good out of all the prospects I watched um, all the way through. He was one of the most impressive, athletic, fluid, mm-hmm. moving human beings out there. Yeah, for uh, at that size, especially. Like, he moves well. His feet are great. Um and he did better on things like the uh bench than i expected him to so with those long um, arms yeah mm-hmm. so he he's a guy that i would watch so um, i've got a question for you so this guy has 42 starts in college football and all yes, of them came at right tackle but he's okay. got so many attributes that say that he's a left tackle in the nfl mm-hmm. where do you marry that up how does that happen for nfl teams what do they do with that so what NFL teams do with that is you draft him, you play him at right tackle as a rookie, and you let him learn. 
And while he's learning, you also um, get him reps at left tackle during practice and whatnot. Um, and then you make it, you make the change at some point, either your left tackle gets hurt and you move him over there and let him learn on the fly. Um, his at some point in his, his rookie year, or you wait until the next off season. Um, and when you need, you know, you, now you need a new left tackle because you traded one or you released him and you move him over and you let him, let him live there. He ha, he is a left tackle prospect because of his footwork, because of his ability to, um, move as long as his ability to protect all of those things. He's a left tackle in the NFL, but you're right. He's only played right tackle. He needs an opportunity to do what he does. Like it, you know, which is being right tackle. Let him be comfortable there while he takes his game from college level to pro level and then move him over. So he can don't, I mean, I wouldn't move him over in week one of his rookie year because he's both taking that, that jump from college to pro and you're taking him from right to left. There's just two, two different things. I would bring him on a little slower than that. But. So one thing that I'll admit too, is I watched this entire combine and I took notes for these shows that we're doing on the combine for all players with the idea that we weren't even going to be starting our picks until 41. Mm-hmm. So most of the guys I, I wrote notes on are guys that are, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth round guys. Now with the ninth pick, we've got an opportunity to go up and and have a look around a couple of players that had outstanding combines that I didn't think we would even be in the in the neighborhood for. One of them would be Trevor Penning, Keith. Yeah. So what do you he's think about that, that? Oh man, like his combine was outstanding. Yeah, he's a guy. Trevor Penning is a guy that I've I've liked, you know, through this process so far. Um, you know, at one point he was looking like he was going to be in the forties. I'm like. Seahawks go <laughs> yeah, get him right oh right. My. and this was when we thought it was going to be Russ I'm like you go get him a franchise left tackle that you can stick out there and um you know Russ is going to love that he's going to be an, an improvement it's going to be like it's going to be awesome now you're like okay he's not going to be in the 40s anymore he's going to be a first round pick he's going to be you know somewhere in the teens probably um mm-hmm. okay so mm-hmm. you're at you're at nine. If you're going to trade back to fourteen, right? And, and um, Seahawks solve their quarterback or decide to pass on Malik Willis. Mm-hmm. A guy like Trevor Penning is definitely in their short list. I can guarantee it. He's just yep. perfectly suited for what the Seahawks want to do at six seven three twenty one. Super athletic. The wide zone thing is wide open for them. He was the highest graded tackle in the run game in college all of college football in 2021 with a 99.9 run grade from pro football focus now i I, you know i I take that with a grain of salt obviously you do too with the pro football focus stuff but nonetheless the guy is just a complete road grader we saw him at the senior bowl just tear up defensive linemen and the defensive linemen were kind of owning the senior bowl and he was the one guy that really stood out so Mm -hmm. um the other a couple of other linemen that I thought I'd mention is um, Cole Strange. We had talked about the Seahawks need at the center position. If they don't address that during free agency, um, here's a guy that could be a mid-round uh, look, although he's, he is moving up. Um, indications are that he could be uh, t- to come before pick 100, but now we've got four picks 
before 100 in this draft. And right after, I think 100, we've got a couple of picks there too, or at least 107. Um, ran a 403, 40, uh, 4.5 short shuttle, 10 foot broad jump. He's got 33 inch arms. Um, every indication too is that he was an outstanding interview at the combine and he's a guy that met with the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, another guy I like, and then, uh, interestingly, one of the guys that had stood out in a way that I kind of didn't expect him to, um, was Zion Johnson, um, the mm-hmm. guard center out of Boston college, um, had the most reps at, um, at the combine at the bench press with 32, which was really impressive. Um, like what yeah. I saw there, he didn't, I expected it to not be quite as, um, you know, him to not have be quite as, uh, strong in terms of like that kind of strength because he doesn't like, it just didn't show up at times. And so for him to have that, it's like, okay, that means he's, he's not a guy who has to work on functional strength. He's a guy that needs coaching on how to use that strength and do more with it. Um, and you can do with, you can work with that if he's already got it. Um, and so that was a good one. And then the other guy is the, the, the right tackle, the guy I, um, where do you, oh, just a second. Where do you think that Zion Johnson goes in the draft? Keith currently right now, uh, pro football focus has him ranked 41 overall. Um, let me see where, yeah. Yeah. go ahead. I would say I'm, I'm not a huge fan of their draft mm-hmm. coverage because they will find some random quarterback that never throws a single snap in the NFL um at any even in a even in a a preseason game and help they'll be the highest rated um, i think big boards too you know what i'm looking at right now haven't adjusted yet after the combine there's a little bit of a lag there so yeah the um he is at the 29th um on the uh consensus mock draft database board i expect he's going to go a little earlier than that probably you know 25 24 somewhere in that range for a guy who's a center slash guard and i Mm -hmm. think that you know interior line i mean that's that's a a good spot to be the Seahawks don't have a pick in that range so i don't think he's a um necessarily a guy that they're gonna go get um but if he drops and he's available at 40 yeah easy done um and the mistake they made last year um in round two disappears and you don't have to worry about that anymore um so I, I love that pick. And then, uh, you know, the, the, um, uh, the guy that the right tackle, that is what I started with before the guy that I like Sean Ryan, Sean Ryan. Uh, yeah. There's talk ha- about him possibly moving inside. Yeah. I mean, there is, I, I think he's too tall for that. I think he's a right tackle and, and it's going to be a good one. Um, but you look at things like a, a 33 and a half inch of vertical jump is, you know, the best of any offensive lineman. That just shows you his um, his leg and core strength, uh, ability to jump that much at that size uh, is is impressive. And he just moves well, and he's just super strong, and and he's going to be a road grader. So um, another guy that I, I think he was he's a guy that I'm going to continue to watch because I still think he is a underrated player by the NFL, or at least so- by the NFL media. I'm, I'm going to jump around just a little bit and I'm just going to talk about players that I know that met with the Seahawks at the combine. Okay. Um, and, and the first one I'm going to mention is really interesting now that Bobby Wagner is no longer on the team. Troy Anderson from Montana state. Uh, he had an outstanding combine outstanding, like one of the best linebacker shows up 
at the combine, really. Six three and a half, two forty three. He was a, a top five guy in the broad jump. Ran a four four two forty. Uh, Bobby Wagner ran a four four five forty. Uh, so the fifth fastest 40 time by a player over 240 pounds since 2003, super athletic, high character guy, national defensive player of the year for the FCS. Um, yeah, super ha- uh, athletic, versatile speed. He's definitely on the Seahawks radar. I would have to imagine in that third, fourth round range, Channing Tyndall had an outstanding combine. Uh, mm-hmm. Ran a four four seven at six two two hundred and thirty pounds forty two inch vertical, ten point nine broad jump. Uh, Christian Harris four four uh, forty uh, eleven uh, foot broad jump. I mean, the the overarching athleticism in this combine was just crazy. Keith uh, D'Angelo Malone, Western Kentucky, had a great combine um, as an edge guy six four two hundred and forty pounds. Uh, Arnold uh, Becketty. Uh, from Penn State, had a great deal. Perry and Winfrey as well. We talked about Perry and Winfrey before many times. Um, he's got a post-combine. He's one of the first I've heard of that has a post-combine visit set up with the Seahawks prior to the draft. Um, Logan Hall met with the Seahawks there. He's 6'6", 283. So this basically the same as Shelby Harris that came on uh, from the Denver Broncos. He's that kind of player. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis Jones is a, is a, just a stocky run stuffing nose guy. Those are the guys that I wrote down notes that I so had confirmation does, on Seattle meeting. Is Jordan Davis available at nine? Um, yeah, right. Defensive tackle out of Georgia. I mean, the, uh, there's the two idea players, is- there's three players that I saw that were available that I really stuck out for me, other than um, the, the tackle we mentioned earlier, Penning. Um, Amon Gardner, Sauce mm-hmm. Gardner as a cornerback at nine. Um, one of the best corners probably come down the, the pike for a while that would be available there. Um, Malik Willis, obviously, that we talked about. Um, Jordan Davis is, is the guy. And then Jermaine Johnson would be the other guy that I think that the Seahawks were probably going to be very interested in. So Jordan Davis, I don't think he's there at nine. I honestly don't. If he gets he past so six, I'm going to be. If he, if he gets past six, I'll be surprised. But this is to give you an idea why I'm talking about him. If you look at like um, the broad jump and that explosiveness um, that that uh, that particular um, test shows, he jumped 11 inches more than the second best defensive tackle. He jumped 10-3, the second best defensive tackle, <laughs> jumped 9-4. Nope. I mean, just crazy. He, he basically, then, he he tested in like the 95th to 98th percentile in every single thing that he did. Yeah, he did. He's um, he's just 340 pounds and he's running a, a 4-8-40. I mean, imagine jumping over 10 feet from a standing broad jump as a 340-pound individual. Yeah, that's some explosiveness in your legs. That is explosive. And it's not and like he's just, he's just, you know, a workout warrior athlete that doesn't have skills. It shows it's, up on tape. It shows up on tape. He's just straight up dominant. Um, yeah. And I would like, not complain in it for anything if we stayed was, at nine and picked that pick. Now, if we dropped back the, and he was still available and we picked up extra value and he was there and say it was the difference between Jordan Davis and Jermaine Johnson. That's a really nice 
problem to have. Yeah. But I would choose Jordan Davis because that's the anchor. He's, mm-hmm. He'd be the anchor to your defensive line for years to come where you build around that. Teams have to pay attention to him. Every single play know exactly where he's at. Double team him. It gives the opportunity for other players, even lesser players at the defensive end position and at linebacker to be able to make plays. And he makes everybody around him better. Jermaine Johnson, he's he's fantastic. He's an athletic freak. He'd be amazing on the edge, but he's a one-trick pony out there on the edge. A guy like Jordan Davis is in the middle, clogs mm-hmm. the whole thing up gives you the penetration factor makes everybody else around him better i would do jordan davis pick. oh absolutely i would take i mean if jordan davis is there at nine and they don't take him i'm 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 not really going to be happy in any no matter who they get after that because that's this hard. guy he's the best defensive tackle prospect that in my opinion since indomitian sue what that part's six uh like set in for a minute the best defensive tackle prospect since Indomitian Sue and it really um, shows up on the tape it's not like it, uh, we just it's, discovered this it's it's been going on all season he's just been yep. the dominant force there at Georgia mm-hmm. and really makes the whole thing work there I mean yep. and he doesn't get the credit because there's just so many players making there's plays so many, all over the place yep and that's and the thing he's is the guy that does the dirty work because there's so many players he he doesn't have quite the stats um, that you'd expect, but he's a defensive tackle and they don't ever tend to have stats, but it, it also meant that, um, yeah, teams like other guys were making plays. You couldn't focus on one guy and, um, uh, he's, he's, he's the best player on the, on the best defense. And, uh, All I right. would, uh, yeah, they, you yeah. gotta take him. You gotta take it's, him. Uh, it's, I want to go back crazy, to Keith, that we're having this conversation. I'm, I'm literally just trying to imagine a Seahawks with a top 10 pick. I it's mm-hmm. like these options now, these type of players just have not been available. The, the last time the so Seahawks long. had a last time the Seahawks had a top 10 pick, uh Earl Thomas and um Russell Okung were the picks. And Earl Thomas, yeah. I think they dropped back and and took him um later. There's yeah. a guy I'm trying to find him on the big board and and figure out where he is uh Who's that? showing up and i'm not finding him he's like he's a linebacker out of florida jeremiah moon do you oh, okay. have any idea where I, I he is la- he he'll be later yeah i think he's in the 120 to 40 range maybe he's listed as an edge because i'm not finding him in any way at all um you can do a name search i think uh and maybe, so he's, maybe not. well look just look at the linebacker oh, there is 217 as an edge player um so why are you excited about that guy so here's the reason why i'm excited uh, i'm not excited i'm interested in him um 65 250 35 inch arms you know so he's a he's big uh for that but his vertical jump 40.5 broad jump 133 inches three cone at um under 7.1 short mm. shuttle at 4.55 this guy has with the exception of the 40 yard dash, which was four, seven, six, everything else on his testing says, this is a guy who uh, could play cornerback in terms of how well he moves. Um, except for that at six, five and two fifty, he's probably not that um, he's a linebacker. So he's got a linebacker size, but he's got cornerbacks ability to 
move in space and agility and power and and coverage ability. Um, just athletically really interesting to me. And he's a guy that was not on my radar at all before the combine because, well, there's a reason why he's mm-hmm. listed down there in the 200s, um, you know, as a sixth yeah. round pick uh, on the big board. So uh, I just, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with him. Uh, I need to go do some research because I don't know anything about him other than his combine. So uh, just a guy that, that popped it to me and I was like, Hmm, I gotta go. I got to go figure out what's going on here. All right. So I'm going to talk about a couple of Seahawky uh, targets in the draft that I think the Seahawks would have on their um, their big board. Zach Tom, left tackle in college. He's switching to offensive center in the NFL at 6'4", 304 pounds, 33 and a quarter inch arms, 10 and a half inch hands. Ran a 49440, 4.44 short shuttle. It fits the mold of the new center that I think the Seahawks are going to be looking for to fit this outside zone type scheme. Just mm-hmm. a name to watch in the middle rounds. Um, I I did write down Jelani Woods from Virginia at 6'7", 260. Ran a 4'6", 140 at that size. 24 reps in the bench, which was tops for the tight end class. Um, he's now they've they've got their their new guy uh, Noah. Um, from the Denver Broncos. So Jelani Woods might not be a target, but I thought that, mm-hmm. that was interesting. The other guys that they would be looking at, I think possibly in the, in kind of that either hybrid role where they do both inline and receiving ability or just inline would be Greg Dulcich at four, three, seven short shuttle and a seven Oh five, three cone, which are outstanding. And then Jeremy Ruckert, he didn't test, but uh, he is meeting with the Seahawks. I understand. Um, another guy that I thought really helped himself in the combine, I mean a lot, and the Seahawks I think would consider later in the draft would be Zamir White. 6'4", 214 pound, pounds, ran a 4'4", 40 with a 33-inch vertical and a 10.8 broad jump, so he's extremely explosive. Really helped himself out, had some injury concerns in, in uh, college, uh, but he's a guy that totally fits their profile. Um Wide receivers had an amazing outing at the Combine this year. This group of wide receivers is fast. They had 18 wide receivers at the Combine that ran 4.49 or faster. And nine ran faster than 4.4, so in the the 4.3s. Velas Jones, which I thought would come in at like 4.3 or 4.7 or something like it. We talked about him a while ago. Mm -hmm. Came in at 4.31. Alec Pierce is a bigger guy at 6'3", 211 with a 40.5 inch vertical, ran a 4'4", 3". Um, Calvin Johnson, 4'3", 2". Christian Watson, 4'3", not, 6". Guy Moore. Not that, Cal- not that Calvin Johnson. In case Calvin Austin. Better. Sorry, Calvin Austin. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wrote notes down for Devontae Wyatt um, out of Georgia at 4'7", 740 at 6'3", 304. Now, imagine this. Um, Jordan Davis ran a four seven eight, so one you know tenth of of, of a second slower at three hundred forty one pounds. That's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Joshua Pascal, uh, I thought at defensive end had a had a great combine at uh, two hundred sixty eight pounds. Had a thirty seven and a half inch vertical, which shows the explosion that the Seahawks like there. Uh, Sam Williams had a good combine. Amare Darbo or Barno. Had a good combine, kind of a round four guy. 
but uh, at 6'4", 246 pounds with 34-inch arms, very long, 37-inch vertical, ran a 4'3", 4'3", 6'40", 4'3", 6'40", for a linebacker, edge, edge rusher. Mm-hmm. And this is a later round guy. This is a guy that was initially projected in like the fifth round range. Um, this crazy, Quay Walker had a 4'5", 240 at 241 pounds. Um, so there's there's just so much talent there. Uh, cornerback, um, we talked about Sauce Gardner. I thought he had a great combine. Um, MJ Emerson is a guy that I thought has been a little underrated. Ran a 4'5", 340 at 6'1", 201. Um, Tariq Woolen, Keith. Oh, man. Had a, had a great combine at 6'4", 205, 34-inch arms, ran a 4'2", 640, and a 42-inch vert. And those are the only two drills he did. He did not do any of the other drills, which was a little disappointing. I wanted to see him uh, do the three cone and, uh, you know, show me his change of direction between that and the short shuttle. I, I, I wanted him to give me that. You know, didn't. part of the reason was that they didn't show the three cone very much as well as the short shuttle because it came after the, the, uh, the workout drills. Mm-hmm. So it came very late in the evening and a lot of guys opted out and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, Zion McCollum is an, is a, another corner had a four, three, three, 40 and a 39 and a half inch vertical with a six, four, eight, three cone. <laughs> I mean, it's the list just goes on and on, uh, at safety. Lewis sign had a great, uh, combine. He's kind of a hybrid, um, defender, uh, at the safety position at six, two, 200 pounds at a four, three, seven, 40, 11.1 inch broad jump. Um, Percy Butler, JT Woods, another guy with four, three, six, forty. I mean, the list just goes on and on. I, I was just that's the whole thing that stood out for me at this combine is the Seahawks are going to be able to find some really athletic, fast guys. And we've talked about that extensively, that that's exactly what they want to add on the defensive side of the ball this year. Yeah. Um, they they need to add speed on defense um, and they're going to be able to do it in this draft and people who are like you know upset about the the bobby wagner thing part of that is finances and all of that and part of it is the guy is not the speed demon at linebacker he used to be and they desperately need more speed on the field um with uh, on that defense and it was kind of telling that when he went out for the last couple of games and they had to bring in Cody Barton, who's not, um, you know, he's a backup and the defense didn't take a huge step back. You go from your, your pro bowler for, you know, seven time, all pro to your backup and you don't see a big drop. Yeah. I think some of that was, was Jordan Brooks being out there, you know, making making some calls and all that kind of stuff too. But it it does, it, it, it does tell you that Barton, there's a lot of things not as nearly as well as um as bobby wagner obviously but he's fast and wagner isn't anymore so um this is a great draft to go get fast and go get athletic wide receiver cornerback linebacker um go get fast go get more athletic go be a team that can be a bully out there on the field and push people around this is a great draft to do that. Yeah. It's just uh, the strategy now with the extra picks. 
mm-hmm. is going to be really interesting. I just are they targeting a quarterback at nine or you know be, you know top fifteen? Um, are they targeting another position that we could desperately use, like an interior pass rusher at, at uh, the at the the defensive tackle position or an outside edge rusher? You could get one of the top three or four edge rushers in this draft, um, which is really a good draft to get an edge rusher. You could get the the best linebacker at that spot. Obviously, the best quarterback. It's not a great quarterback class, but these it's guys a aren't terrible quarterback class. But these guys are still first second round guys in any draft and i and i think that um you know that's you're still going to get some good and value there the, with the, malik willis it's just going to be one of those things where you have to be patient the best quarterbacks in this class which would be willis and pickett would have been the sixth and seventh best quarterbacks last year they probably would not have been first round picks last year um, i agree and Going into this draft class, looking for a quarterback in the draft is not a place you want to be. It really isn't. Where should um, Seattle? What should Seattle do with the ninth pick? Should they trade it? Should they use it? What should they use it on once they make it? They need to find a. The last time they had a pick this high, uh, they went and got a player that they could build their entire defense around both personnel and scheme um, when they got Earl Thomas. Um, you, they got a generational tra- you know, guy that's just going to transform everything you do. If Jordan Davis is sitting there at nine, go get that guy who is a generational talent on your defense that can make your defense great. Um, punt on the season and wait till next year, but you're going to be bad. You're going to be bad on offense um, with no quarterback. Go ahead and punt on the season. Get into you're in the top five um, of the draft going into next year and go get a quarterback that can, that can play because th- these guys, these guys aren't it. So I'm, I'm sorry to say these guys just aren't it. So go get a, be okay with tanking for a year and go get a good one next year. Wow. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a choice this year. You can go offensive line, you can go defensive line, you could go skill position. I hope they don't do that. I yeah. You know, if if Kylie Kyle um what's him call it? Hamilton is sitting there, that would be awfully hard to pass on him. I just think that he's the most talented player in the draft, but he he's I just don't agree that that's the position that you need in this defense. I think that you're exactly right. Jordan Davis would be the pick. He'd be the obvious pick. He'd be the pick I'd be most pleased to come away from the draft with. And then mm-hmm. everything else just kind of falls into place after that. Um, Trevor Penning would be another one that I could anchor. You could anchor your offensive line around a player like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or or maybe one of the other tackles that's um, high uh, on the on the draft boards falls. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that either. Just investing in the offensive line like that, I think, is a great thing to be able to do to give your new quarterback, whoever that may be, an opportunity to have great protection um, for years to come. Um, interesting. Wow. Lots of change. Like, I haven't really adjusted to it. <laughs> like, the, just thinking about 
the new draft capital, thinking about a team without Russell Wilson, how you plan that team, how you figure that out, like it's, it's just going to be hard. I think the, the better idea for the CX this year is what you just said, figure out that defense. This would be the great time now to address the defense. There's so much defensive talent in this draft. I think that's where the talent's at, um, especially with picks 9, 40, and 41, and 77. My goodness, if you'd spent three of those picks on defense and one on offense, I would have no complaints at all. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. Find Keith on Twitter, at NFL. I'm at NWCHawk. You can find us on YouTube. Please subscribe and your favorite podcast platforms. So until next time, take care, guys. Go Hawks. Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.